So this, uh, this last week, uh, I did my one thing. <clears throat> if we remember last week, we talked about doing this one thing to go and to, uh, to bless and to, um, to kind of go beyond our comfort zone, if you remember that uh, from last week. Well, this week I did my one thing. And for those of you who don't remember, I was talking some about it last Sunday. I was at a friend's house and we were working around his place and kind of in between, kind of took a break for like a little bit of tea and stuff and went into his place, a tiny little trailer. Um, and we were looking out the window and he was talking some, like some of the hard things that were happening. His, he's not working right now and his, his wife's not working. And, and we looked out the window and we saw, uh, we saw a little wheelbarrow and he said, that's, that's my wood for the year so far. And there's a wheelbarrow f- full of birch wood that he'd cut off his property. And, uh, and he kept on talking about some of the things, the bills that were stacking up and the stuff that, you know, his, his wife was um, having surgery. Um, she was actually away while we were talking. She was having surgery. And uh, I remember looking at this little wheelbarrow of wood and just feeling overwhelmed. And, and I, all I did is I took a, asked me if I could borrow a pen. I just wrote wood on the side of my hand. I didn't know what <laughs> it meant just yet. I just knew wood. I had to do something about this. And so... We were talking some more, and I just remember this, the overwhelming of how do I help? What do I do? And, the, and as we were talking, the smoke from his cigarette was filling up the room. It was blue in there. And, and listening, and Lord, what are you doing here? And what do you want me to do? How do you want me to join in? Well, I started coming home, and I just talked with Trace. I said, Trace, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to, I know a guy who's not a part of this church yet, and, uh, I know he sells wood. I want to go and buy wood from him. And, and I was talking with another friend who's also not a part of this church yet who said he was borrowing our trailer. And he's, I was talking about this guy. And he said, you know, if you, want to, if you need help, let me know. I, I've got some time. I'll help you next week. And so I kind of took that. Okay, awesome. And, and then I came here on Sunday and I talked with you some about what God was doing in me and where I saw God's spirit already at work and how he's calling me to join in what he was doing. And and it was awesome because I talked with you about it, and then after the service, I had three people, three different people come up to me and say, I've got extra wood. If you need it, you can come to my place and get it. And I, I took up uh, Dave Boland, and some of you who have also offered, I might be coming to you again later. I'll check to see how my friend's doing with wood. But, um, but uh, Dave, Dave said, come over to my place. I've got lots of wood, and he does. He has cords and cords of wood uh, cut and split. And so I went to his house and I brought my friend who's not a part of this church yet too. And we, we went together and we got to talk and about life and, and about faith and about helping people as we're driving up to go pick up this wood. And we get, to, we get to Dave's house and he's just beaming. I mean, for those of you who know Dave, he just loves doing this sort of thing. So we back the trailer up and we start throwing the wood in. And I've got a five by 10 trailer and we just... So, I mean, we put a, a, a cord of wood in there for our friends. And, and Dave and Jean, Jean had made soup already for us. So he invites us in for lunch. And it was great because there wasn't a rush. I was talking with my friend about this, about how usually, like I plan, Tracy and I, we plan everything with like about a minute, you know, fudge factor on either side. But that day, it was, it was great. We didn't have a time schedule. And so we went and we loaded up the wood and we stopped and we, we ate 
a meal together. So here's my friend who's, who's not a part of any church, I don't think, um, here sitting with Dave and I. and with, I brought my son so they could see, they could experience and join in helping someone um, and serving in God's kingdom. And so there's the, the five of us sitting around praying for our meal and talking and laughing together. And Dave's showing us around his place and all his projects that he's working on. And so that's, that right there, was, if the day would have ended right there, it would have just been amazing. But it kept going because we, we jump in the truck and, you know, and the, the trailer, the, the wheel wells are about that far off the tires. And we, we drive over to my friend's house and we pull up and he comes out and he just said, what did you do? What have you done? And we pull this trailer up and we jump out and we back it in and we jump out and we start unloading wood. And just at that time, his, his wife comes too. She'd just gone to town, and, and, you know, they're unloading some of their groceries. And, uh, and she said, Jason, I can't believe you did this. I'm going to cry. Here we are, I'm packing wood, and it's just, it's so simple. And my sons are helping. My sons are joining in, and we're talking about, uh, afterward, we got to talk with them. I got to talk with Corbin and Shane. I'm like, guys, this is how the kingdom of God works. And we just got to join in God's kingdom. And we were packing the wood in and stacking it and, and I was so grateful. I love being a part of God's kingdom. I love joining in what God is doing in our community in places we never expect. I mean, up until last year, I really didn't even know this friend, and we've become friends over the last year. And, um, and it was great, too, because I had the opportunity to bring in lots of people, people who aren't even a part of our church yet. And we got to, and they don't, they don't even, I don't know if they even get the ways that they are contributing or joining in what God is doing in our community. About God's kingdom and that Jesus is Lord and King and that has implications for all of us, even if they don't understand or even if they don't believe in him. And so it was this amazing week and, and I'm going to talk some more about this, but I, I've been thinking about that like uh, continually since. That was last Monday that we dropped it off. I keep thinking about it talking with the Holy Spirit, Lord, keep, continue to work in me. And there's, a, there's this kind of upward spiral of spending time or serving in God's kingdom and reflecting on that and then serving and then reflecting on that and then serving and reflecting on that and, and thinking and reading and as I was studying and preparing and, and looking into God's word for this morning, thinking about this passage that speaks about Jesus, I'm going to read it in a minute, but from Luke about Jesus as King and Son of God and Savior. And how this continue, this action and reflection keeps building me, keeps growing me and to be more and more like Jesus. That my faith continues to grow in Him. And I'm wondering if you guys ever think along these things, if you, you, know, you do something, I know many of you, I know the stories you have of serving in our community and the things that you do. Do you go and serve and then think, God, what are you up to in this? Or, Holy Spirit, how are you using this to, to form me? Or how are you using this to bless others? And your faith just keeps growing. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? That, that switching back and forth between action and reflection. Action and reflection. Well, I'm thinking some about, and it, this, I mean, singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I mean, I, that song, I, it, it's years ago, even before I moved to Balfour, was, that song has been so powerful in my life. And this gap between the way things are and the way they're supposed to be. 
And how does Jesus, the news that we hear about him, change the way that we act and reflect and act and reflect in this world? Because the, the word of God, I, I mean, usually I realize, usually when I talk about it on Sunday, I talk about it in terms of the God, the word of God shows us how to live. And that's true. That's our rule of life and faith. But also the word of God tells us good news about Jesus, which has implications for how we live, but sometimes it just tells us who Jesus is, reminds us who Jesus is. So if you would, open your Bibles to, to Luke chapter 1. <clears throat> if you want to, I also have it on this white sheet. For those of you who are reading in your Bibles, uh, I also have at the bottom of this white sheet, I have 2 Samuel 7, where I'm not going to read it this morning, but this promise of God to, to King David plays out in this passage of Luke that we're going to read. So if you want to write 2 Samuel 7, 11 to 16 next to this verse in your Bible. But for those of you with this sheet, just listen with me. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age. And she who has said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, answered Mary. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. As I hear that text again, I was praying, and Holy Spirit, what are you saying? How does this work out in our lives, or what are you trying to say to us this week? And it's really simple, but, but we need to hear it again and again, that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, but not the Messiah that we expected. A Messiah different than we anticipated. Now, we need to talk just for a minute about Messiah, and hopefully this is review for many of you, but, but just in case, that the understanding of Messiah in the time of Jesus had a lot of things tied to it and hung on the word Messiah. Messiah is just, it's, it's our way of saying uh, Mashiach or uh, Mashah is to anoint. And so David, King David, King Saul, they were anointed. They were Mashah. They were uh, Mashiach. So there's this connection with anointed and king. So they were waiting for a great king. But even before that, they were waiting for a great general a great military leader who would come and, and kick the Romans out of their land. Not only that, but that would kind of restore the kingdom of Israel. 
that would become the greatest kingdom in the world. And they were waiting for this great general, this military leader, but also this great political leader who would rule with justice and mercy and who would, who would take up the, the care and, and the concern of the poor and the weak and would care for them. But there's also this religious, this spiritual element to it as well. This, this Messiah would be anointed by God, so he would also bring the people back to God. Not just physically from the exile or from uh, the diaspora, the other places where they had been pushed out. Not only just bringing them back physically, but bringing them back spiritually. Where people would again faithfully following God. They would put down the idols that they had and begin following the Lord their God. So Messiah has, I mean this plus other things, but so king and general, political leader, and great high priest. They're waiting for the Messiah to not only kick out the enemy, but to bring the people in that he would be a great shepherd, a good shepherd who would shepherd the people of Israel, the people of God, who would lead them and watch them and care for them. So these are just, this is just an example of Messiah. And as we're singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, you get this sense of longing. You see, the people of God, the people of Israel, when they lived at the time of Jesus, even though they lived in their own land, it was like they were still in exile because Rome still ruled over them and oppressed them with taxes and violence. It's ironic, they called it Pax Romana or Roman peace, but it was really just oppression. It was violence. Anything that even looked like uprising was crushed. And so the people are praying for a Mashiach. They're praying for a Messiah. In Greek, the word is Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It means Christ the Messiah, or Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the anointed, the king, the one they were waiting for. So all these hopes are swirling around the word Messiah. This one that they were hoping and waiting for. And then the angel comes to Mary. And if you look with me at verse 32. It says, He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. that Jesus is this great king from the house of David. We talked about it a few weeks ago when we, when we read through and, and studied the past, or the uh, second Samuel 7. It's at the bottom of your sheet there about God's promise to King David that one day he would have a descendant who would always reign on his throne, who would reign forever. And we see the, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary this teenage girl who's, who's engaged to be married and tells her, your son is going to be this son from the house of David. He will rule on David's throne forever. Imagine how that comes across to you, a teenage girl. You're going to have a child and he's going to be a king from the house of David. But there's more to this too. Not only is Jesus going to be this great king, but he's also going to be the son of God. Listen to this. It's at verse 31. You will, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called Son of the Most High. Then if we skip down to verse 35, it said, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Not only is Jesus this 
child who will be adopted by God like we are. But he literally is the Son of God. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes over Mary and she conceives a child. Jesus is fully human and fully God. He's God's Son. Divine. The God who's the, the Son who lived before everything. The Word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us. Imagine how this would be for Mary, this teenage girl. Your son, the child whom you're going to have is the Son of God. But there's more. I mean, there's lots more, but there's one more thing I wanted to mention too. Is that she, the, the, the angel says that he's going to be a savior. Listen to this. It says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, many of you know this, but just in case for those of you who maybe who are new, is that Jesus is the English way we say the Greek word Yesu. Yesu is the Greek word for Jesus. Yesu is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Yeshua. Did I say that Hebrew word, right? I said, I'll just make sure I'm getting language a bit. That Yesu is the Greek word for Yeshua, the Hebrew name of Jesus. Now, Yeshua, I mean, we maybe you've heard that name before, but actually Yeshua literally means salvation. It comes from the Hebrew word Yesha, to save or to help, to deliver. So the angel comes to Mary, and if we can just hear it, maybe in, in uh, first century Hebrew, it says, you will name him and his name will be Yeshua. Your son will be named Salvation. And Matthew makes this connection in his gospel. He says he will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That Jesus is Savior. The Savior who the people of Israel were waiting for. The Savior they were waiting for for hundreds of years. The Savior that we've been waiting for in our lives as well. Jesus is this Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the King from the house of David. And he is the Savior, the one who saves us, the one who makes us right with our Father in heaven through his uh, death on the cross and then his resurrection. Jesus is this King and Savior. Do you see this? Do you see what the Spirit or what the uh, angel is saying to Mary? Do you see all the elements that are coming together here? Can you imagine how big this would be for this teenage girl to hear it? And that's the part that's unexpected for me. If this, this way that God does things is scandalous. I mean, God comes to Nazareth in Galilee, which is kind of like saying God goes to the middle of nowhere in the ancient world. You know, he doesn't go to Rome. He doesn't go to Babylon. He doesn't go to Athens. He doesn't even go to Jerusalem. But to Nazareth in Galilee. And he goes to Nazareth of Galilee not to talk with a great king in a palace, nor an emperor, nor a Caesar, but to a teenage girl. A teenage girl to tell her that your son is going to be this great king. Now, I know in our culture, teenage girls, uh, I mean, they have rights and they have, uh, they're cared for. And we, we love them. And some guys, I mean, some of you fathers, you exalt your daughter. You think the world of her. But in the ancient world, women had a different status in society. 
I mean, society was all divided up by social status. Who had power or authority over whom? Everything was sliced up. And I can tell you, being a woman was very different than it is now. Your status was immediately lower. But not only that, but a teenage girl. I mean, in the ancient world, her status is somewhere just above a slave. And yet God comes to her. This unexpected and scandalous God of ours comes to her. A teenage girl, a nobody, living in the middle of nowhere in the ancient world, and says, your son is going to be the king from the house of David. Your son is going to be the son of God. Your son is going to be the savior that people have been waiting for. Jesus is this Messiah that we've been waiting for. Jesus is this Messiah who is king, who reigns at God's right hand, who is Lord over all of creation right now. Jesus is the Son of God, who is both fully God and fully human and is able to do everything that he does in the Gospels and more in our lives. He is the Savior, the one who makes us right with our Father in heaven, who reconciles us back to God. But he's unexpected. Nothing like we expected. So this gospel reminds us who Jesus is. And many of you have been following Jesus for years, for decades. And you've heard this, or you've probably, maybe some of you even have this passage memorized. But the question for us is, how does this continue to work out in our lives, right? How do we keep reflecting on this news of who Jesus is? That Jesus is the Messiah, the King, the Son of God, and the Savior. How do we keep reflecting on that and that keeps shaping who we are as God's people? Last week I touched on this, just, for, just briefly. But it matters for everything. If Jesus is Lord and King, if he is Son of God and Savior, then all of our life matters. That Sometimes that artificial distinction we have between, well, this is sacred and this is secular, a lot of that breaks down, especially in the way we live. So if we're following Jesus and we gather together on Sunday, that necessarily works out into the way we do our job Monday through Friday. Are you with me? The way that we treat people at our work Monday through Friday matters when we follow Jesus. That we be a carpenter or a bus driver or an admin assistant in ways that glorify the king the ways that represent, that signal to the rest of the world around us that we are followers of the king. We are citizens of God's kingdom. Everything matters. If Jesus is king and Lord, then also matters in the way that we retire. Because I, we can retire from our job, but we do not require from the, retire from the kingdom of God. There are people I know of, people in our community here, not in this church, but outside in the community, who I, I feel sorry for them. They talk about their retirement, and it seems like really what they have signed up for, what they've resigned to, is just like a holiday for the rest of their life. It's mostly about them, about their hobbies and the things they love to do, and golf. And Sorry, I can mention golf because I hate golf because I'm horrible at golf. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. No, it, 
golf is a. It's it's fine. I know some of you guys get together as a ministry to to get together and to pray together as we play golf. Um, don't let my bias ruin your your ministry. <laughs> but it's it's heartbreaking to me. I was actually talking with another guy who's here for a. What is he here for? Oh, for a class at the church here. Not a part of this church. And we were talking about this very thing. We were talking about retirement. He was saying, you know, it's, I said, how's it going? He said, you know, I don't know. It's kind of boring. I got the chance to tell you, I know, I know what you mean. We were meant for more than that. We have purpose in our lives. We're meant for bigger things than just a holiday for the rest of our lives. We're meant for more. There's a kingdom that God is growing in this community. He desires us to be a part of it. I didn't get a chance to say all of that to him because he probably would have walked away. But but I get the opportunity to encourage him. And I told him, you know, I know of people here who their retirement is all about fishing and golfing. That's it. I think, how sad. And he said, yeah, I know, you're right. We are meant for more. So the way following Jesus not only works out in the way we do our job, but also the way we retire. It also works out in the ways that we vote and the ways that we're active politically. And I, you know, growing up, I, when I'm someone in my extended family, I remember we were, I was just young, I can't even remember, like maybe like 10 or so, and there was, a, there was an election. It was in the U.S., and um, they were, it was a presidential election, and I remember asking, they were really for one guy and really against the other, and I remember them talking, trying to explain it to me. Basically, we don't like that guy because he wants to raise our taxes. That was it. It wasn't about who was most concerned with justice or who was going to lead God's way. It was just taxes. We don't like that guy because he's going to take more of my money. Or I'm going to vote for that guy because he's not going to take as much of my money. That was their whole criteria. That is not a kingdom view of politics. A kingdom view of politics weighs out candidates, whether they, I mean, sure, I mean, they, how much they tax you is one thing, but what do they do with that? Are they using it to make the rich richer? Are they using that to help those who need help? Are they using that to enable those who maybe shouldn't have quite so much help? (laughs) Are they enabling them? And we have to look through politics through kingdom lens. If Jesus is Lord and King, then everything matters. So those are just three things. But I mean, imagine everything, the way we uh, relate to our spouse, our family, the places we shop and how we shop and what we buy. The ways that we spend money, the ways that we give money. All of these things come under the Lordship of Christ. All of these things matter if Jesus is King and Lord. But there's one particular area that I want to talk about. It's the way we view our community. And I want to spend just a little bit of time here. If Jesus is Lord and King, it shapes the way we view our community. See, if we narrow Jesus down just to my personal Lord and Savior, which is amazingly good news, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He's the one who saved us from our sin. But if we narrow Jesus down just to that, there's a real temptation. There's a real temptation to look at the community around us as bad, as unsaved, as secular, and a temptation to, to protect ourselves, to huddle together, and to be only concerned about my personal salvation, my own personal faith. There's a temptation of Jesus as only Lord and Savior, which even if that's all Jesus was, that's amazing. But he is more than that, more than, more than just Savior. 
But when we narrow Jesus down just to that, there's a real temptation to think of Jesus as Lord only in heaven, but not on earth. To think of Jesus as really only mattering when we die, but not right now while we're living. There's a temptation. But when we start talking about Jesus as Lord and Savior and King with a kingdom, then life begins to matter right now, too. I mean, absolutely, he is in heaven and he is coming one day. Absolutely, when we die, I believe that we go and we are with Christ and there is glory in that. Pain and suffering over are over. Tears are dried up. But also, his kingdom is here now. Jesus talked about this in his gospel. The kingdom has come. Where the king is, the kingdom is. And we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. We look, we... we we see that in the Gospels that the kingdom has come, but we also struggle because where is the kingdom now? Where, how come there isn't more of it? I tell you this, the kingdom has come, but it is not fully realized. The kingdom is right now, but is not fully yet. And that shapes the way we live in our community. If Jesus is king already, if his kingdom is already here and popping up in places we never expected, And that changes the way we see our community, not as some horrible place that we have to run from, but as some amazing place where God's spirit is at work and we can join in that. Now, don't get me wrong, we need to be careful. I mean, if if you, I was thinking about a real life example, if you have have a, a previous history or an addiction to alcohol, it may not be a good idea for you to spend a lot of time in pubs. Maybe that's too much of a temptation for you. But you might be the best person to talk with another person who has an alcoholic addiction because you understand. You've been there. You can talk in ways, I've never had that addiction. And so it's hard for me. People can just say, you know, that's nice. You know, that's nice of you, Pastor Jason, pat me on the shoulder, but you have no idea what I'm talking about. And they're right, I don't. But if Jesus is Lord and King, then we need to be in our community. If Jesus is Lord and King, then his kingdom is already out there. We don't necessarily bring it with us. It's not just locked within the walls of this church. It's already in our community. My story about serving, about joining in God's community or God's kingdom this week, God was already at work in my friend's life. The firewood, the things that are going on, God is already at work in him. I'm just joining in what God is doing, being a part of his kingdom growing in our community. If Jesus is Lord and King, that changes the way we see the community around us. Not as some... Uh, horrible, evil place that we need to run from, that we need to hide from, but as a place that we need to go out and see where God's kingdom is at work and join in what he's doing. Do you understand? Do you see the difference? Do you see what I mean? So we've been talking again this morning. It's the first Sunday of Advent, the season of hope. This Sunday, this first Sunday, this first day of the Christian New Year. Happy New Year's. It's a season of hope. Today we remember that we follow a king who has come and who is coming again. As we heard it again this morning, the angel came to Mary and he said, your son is going to be a king from the house of David, just like I promised to David. That your son is going to be the son of God. That your son is going to be the savior, the one who will save his people from their sins. And it matters in everything of our lives. Everything matters. 
the way we work, the way we retire, the way we vote, the way we shop, the things we buy, the way we see our community are involved in it, in people's lives. So we've been talking about this. How do we work this out? How do we begin this week? Or how do we take the next step if we've already begun? How do we take the next step this week? I want you, I want us to do one thing this week. I want us to read this passage from Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, to read that and reflect on that in our lives this week. And I'm saying this on purpose because oftentimes I say do one thing and I usually, it usually works out into actually doing something. And I do that on purpose because we need to keep working out how we live our faith. It's one thing to know Jesus or know things about Jesus. It's a completely different thing to follow Jesus. I mean, there are people who know stuff about Jesus who would never call themselves a Christian, who would never show up at church. They know stuff about him. We need to keep working out that, making that, that translation from what we know about Jesus to how we live for him and for his kingdom. But this week, I'm calling us to reflect, to spend time reading Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. And kind of go through that spiral that I talked about in the beginning. Reflect on that passage and ask, Holy Spirit, how is this shaping my life this week? How is this shaping uh, your kingdom or how do I understand your kingdom because of what I'm reading right now? Holy Spirit, help me to see. And I can't wait to hear what God is going to do in you this week. I can't wait to hear how the Holy Spirit is going to show you or what the Holy Spirit is going to show you and reveal to you. What the Holy Spirit is going to convict us of what the Holy Spirit is going to encourage us with and, ju- and draw us into. I can't wait to hear the conversations that you have when you gather together for coffee this week, when you gather together in small groups, when you gather together to, to serve or to bless someone in our community. I can't wait to hear what God is doing in us as we reflect on this amazing news that Jesus he is the Messiah, the King who's come from the house of David, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior who has come to save us and how that works out in our lives. Amen. You okay, Herb?